This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kedoshim. Parshas Kedoshim, according to the Chinuch, contains 51 mitzvos, 13 positive mitzvos, and 38 what we call negative mitzvos. I'd like to call your attention to the very second pasuk of the Parsha, whereby the Torah has the introduction, Daber, Akol Adas B'nei Yisrael. Hashem says to Moshe that he should speak to the entire assembly of the children of Israel and beginning with the charge of Kedoshim Tiyu, that you are to be holy, he then goes on to enumerate the 51 mitzvos in this week's parsha. Now just be aware that this Kriyas HaTorah, this Parsha of Kedoshim, is a deviation from the norm. The Gemara in Erevin, Daf Nun Dalid, Amid Beis, teaches that ordinarily there was a Seder, there was a prescribed order as to how Jewish law was taught to the masses. It began with Moshe receiving a mitzvah from God. He then transmitted it to Aaron. He then called in Aaron's two sons and he transmitted it again to Aaron's two sons in the presence of Aaron. They sat down with their uncle and their father. The elders then came in, the Zakanim, the leaders of the different tribes came in, and Moshe taught it again to Aaron and his sons and the Zakanim, and then it was taught to the nation. Here we have a deviation from this, and what you are told according to the opening Rashi, that the reason why this week's parsha was said Bahakel is because Rov Gufei Torah Tuluyimba, because a majority of the major precepts of our Torah are found in this week's parsha. And indeed, if you look in the Ramban, he shows you how you have the Ten Commandments in this week's parsha, just in a different form. I think that what I'd like to point out is that we were just privileged to undergo Mikro'e Kodesh, to undergo, as the Ramban understands when we read on the second day of Pesach, that these are the holidays which we are to proclaim them. And he understands that this phrase includes the charge that the Jewish community is to gather on the holidays for the purpose of reading the Torah and communal study.
It is just this point that I'd like to share with you that unfortunately the Jews in the Shoah, in the Holocaust, who were oppressed bodily and soul, it is they who asked incredible questions showing their determination that even under the most challenging of times they would to the best of their ability try to maintain and safeguard Jewish law and so Horav Ephraim Ashri Zechet Tzadik Levracha who wrote Shelos and Chuvos Mimamakim, literally five volumes of Responsa. He was the spiritual leader of the Kovno Ghetto during the Holocaust, and he was respected as an accomplished Tamil Chacham. He was presented with many questions about Jewish law amidst the hardships of the ghetto life. Rav Ashri wrote the questions and answers on scraps of paper torn from concrete sacks, placed these notes into tin cans, and then buried them. These questions reflect the dilemmas faced by Jews in the Shoah and serve as a historic record of how the Jews in the Kovno Ghetto were determined to live by halacha despite the inhuman, horrifying conditions. And after the liberation of Kovno in August 1944, Rav Ashri retrieved the hidden archive and published his five volumes of Responsa. And I'd like to share with you one tshuva which comes from his second volume of Mimamakim. It happens to be the 11th question. And that is as follows. May one endanger oneself for the sake of religious study and public worship. This question came to Rav Ashri on the 13th of Elul, 5702, corresponding to August 26, 1942. On that day, the Nazis, may his name be obliterated, passed a law forbidding the captive Jews in the ghetto to bless God in public assembly and to gather in synagogues and Bate Medrash for religious study, prayer, beseeching of God in their distress, and entreating Him to help them, deliver them, and rescue them from their plight and redeem them from descent into the abyss. The ghetto inmates, broken-hearted and despairing, physically exhausted and embittered after a day of backbreaking forced labor, 
will want to banish their troubles from mind by gathering in their mikdash ma'at, in their temples in miniature, the synagogues, and Bate medrash. There they would participate in regular Torah study with teachers, group study of Talmud and Mishnah, drushos, lectures on Musa, sermons of encouragement and consolation delivered by rabbis and preachers who gave their listeners pleasures and imparted to them the sweetness of the sages' utterances. Thus, they were infused with hope, trust, faith in and fear of the Holy One of Israel, the Rock and Redeemer of Israel, urging Him to rise, to avenge the adversary, to crush the head of the Nazi viper in full view, and give the Jewish myriads the merit of beholding the avenging of his servants spill blood with their own eyes. Ravashi writes that he was among those who sustained the community's righteousness by continuing in those hours of darkness and agony to impart Torah to God's people. And in his base medrash, the famous house of study known as Abu Yecheskel's Kloys, he continued to offer his regular lessons for the public. And even afterwards, when the accursed oppressors closed this house of study, savaged its splendor and turned it into a prison, Rav Ashri moved to the Halvoyas Hamais Kloy's building, the synagogue at Gafinowitz House on Vilna Street, and to Chaim Shapir's synagogue on Verena Street, near the Eltensrat, the Council of the Elders building. And he devoted himself particularly to the daily lessons that he gave to the, Fer- to the Teferes Bonim Society. Wherever he taught, assisted by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he who dwells on high, he was able to bolster the faltering courage and wavering morale of the Jewish youth and masses. And he tried to impart intelligence and wisdom so that his listeners would realize and understand that just as one utters a blessing, as the Gemara teaches in the last chapter of Brachos, when things go well, so one must offer a blessing when things go poorly. That we must wait silently for God's succor and deliverance, because God is good to those who place their hopes in Him and await His mercy. And He is near to all those who call upon Him sincerely and that we must gird with faith and trust to bear the burden gladly and willingly because hope for our future still exists. Observe, as the accursed savages in their cruel hearts plotted evil at all hours against the offspring of the Jewish people, the Jews did not lose sight of the source of their strength and consolation which derives from their Torah and places of worship. Because the Nazis' sole intention and aim was to envelop the inmates in despair and hopelessness, they issued this decree forbidding the ghetto Jews from blessing God in assemblies, synagogues, and houses of study, and from gathering there for worship or study purposes upon the penalty of death. And so it was that Rabbi Weintraub, may Hashem avenge his blood, the Gabbai of Garfinowitz's synagogue, may Hashem avenge his blood 
approached me and asked me whether the Torah requires one to place himself at physical or mortal peril by attending a minion in the cloise where he used to pray every morning and evening. Is he obligated to forfeit his life for the sake of Torah and public worship or not? The answer that Rav Ashri gives is in the positive, showing that especially at this time when, unfortunately, it is a time of religious persecution. And he cites the various uh, sources for this, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Afilu, Arkasat, Misana. The concept is not so much the particulars, and you're welcome to look at Volume 2, and as I said, Responser 11, as to the particulars, as to why he ruled this way. The key idea that we have to learn therefrom is that they asked this question, and so many followed this example and this teaching. And this has to be such an important lesson to us. Those of us who are privileged to pray every day in the synagogue, every morning and every evening, to realize, wow, how privileged we are, that when we walk in to the Beis HaKnesses and we're able to say Matovu, O Alecha Yaakov, Mishkin Osecha Yisrael, we're saying, wow, what it means, the privilege of being home. And for those of us who don't yet attend synagogue as regularly as we do, we should be reminded because of these very special individuals who gave their lives in such a terrible way and did so oftentimes clearly sanctifying God's name. The Gemara in Brachos 6a teaches in the name of Abba Binyamin Your prayers have such a better chance of being heard even if without a minion, if you can't daven with a minion, daven at least in the shul, just to daven with a place of the Beis HaKnesses. And if a person can't come to the synagogue, let him daven at home, says the Shulchan Aruch, at a time when they are praying in the synagogue. And the Gemara in quotes that famous verse which we said at the conclusion of when we took out the Torah on first days, last days after the Yudgimumidos as for me says King David in Tilim 69 my prayer to you Hashem May it be at an opportune time. And what's considered an opportune time, says the Gemara, It's at a time when the congregation prays. In other words, there's so much better of a chance that your prayer is going to be answered when you pray with a minion. And this is what we have to derive from the opening part of the parasha. The parasha says that Moshe gathered the entire nation of Israel because he was teaching them that the entire nation of Israel has the potential of being holy. And you shouldn't think that, oh, holiness, this is only for the select few. You don't need a title. Each individual Jew has this capacity to, and each of us, 
should be incredibly inspired and learn from the Kedoshim, as indeed the name of the Parsha is, the Kedoshim, who literally sanctified God's name and were willing to risk their life to go to Shul. May we be privileged to do so with a sense of happiness and joy, giving meaning to their Kiddush Hashem. Shabbat Shalom to all.